Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello and welcome once more to Country Roads Confidential. I am your host, Chris Anderson, publisher of PureSports.com, the West Virginia site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Today is Friday, uh, day before game day. West Virginia is traveling to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Tigers from the Southeastern Conference. And today I'm joined by Eric Blum. Bloom? Blum? Eric? Blum. Yeah, you're right. Okay of the Columbia Tribune, and we're going to discuss Saturday afternoon's game between the two teams. Um, Both teams looked a little rusty in week one. West Virginia struggling with FCS opponent James Madison. Missouri having to travel all the way out to Wyoming and and falling uh, by about a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And uh, so let's start there. I think West Virginia fans are well aware of the struggles that the Mountaineers had on Saturday. What happened for Missouri on Saturday? Basically, if it could go wrong, it kind of did. Um, <laughs> with the exception, really, of Kelly Bryant. Um, it was kind of a total team loss, but I don't think you can really point the finger that hard at Kelly Bryant. Career high in pass completions with 31, career high in passing yards, and total offense. Uh, you know, Outside of that, really nothing kind of went right. You know, there was a span, second and third quarter, where they were outscored by Wyoming 34-3. to That shouldn't happen to anyone not named kind of Clemson or Alabama, really in the country for them, much less Wyoming. And no offense to any person from Wyoming is listening to this, but on paper, Missouri should not let that happen ever. And it happened very easily for them. It could have been even more. It could have been 48-3, to be honest. So when you dig yourself a hole that deep and lose that much momentum, it just – it was too deep a hole for Missouri to get out of. And, you know, they just could not get out of their own way. Um, you know, Missouri's uh, rush defense, which is really one of its strengths last year, was abysmal against, uh, you know, Wyoming. They're, they had allowed two 100-yard rushes for the first time, I think, since 2012 in the same game. If not further back, that's as far as I was able to look. Um, you know, it just – just if it could go wrong, it kind of did. You know, when talking to them on Saturday uh, after the game, it was a lot of shock. Like, did we really just lose to a team who was picked fourth in a group of five conference and not a deep one in that? Uh, but we also had our media day today with them, and it was kind of turned into something a little bit more positive. You know, it turned into something a little bit more, okay, we can go forward. Better take this loss against Wyoming than against, you know, South Carolina. So, a little bit more positive, but a lot went wrong. Three turnovers, three preventable turnovers at that. So, yeah, um, kind of a total team loss. But, you know, hopefully they're expecting to do a little bit better this weekend. Uh, you you jumped right into something I wanted to touch on was that that rush defense. Um, it, my question was going to be, was that expected? Was was that a weakness for this team coming into this year? But you mentioned that last year they were great. Did they, did they lose a lot of guys, or was this kind of just a 
an anomaly that, that no one really saw coming at, on, as far as that aspect of the game. They really didn't lose anybody. Uh, it's just that they've been so banged up and had people in a couple different spots. You know, they, they, they had Trey Williams, who was, I think, their leading sack getter last year at six and a half. He had some legal troubles in the offseason, but he was able to come back to the team um, in the fall. You know, a lot of injuries to Akeel Byers and, you know, a couple other guys on the defensive line. You know, Jordan Elliott was a little banged up at times. Chris Turner was a little banged up at times. Just, just they haven't been a together unit yet. And it feels like that, you know, that kind of showed, not to mention that, you know, in the lead up to the first game, uh, you know, Barry Odom, the head coach at Missouri, kind of said that they didn't practice tackling that much. And it completely showed because uh, if your defensive line gets pushed around, one of the ways of preventing that from having a maximum impact is if your defensive backs and linebackers, your back seven, if you will, uh, can make tackles. And they weren't doing that. So uh, it was a strength last year, I think top 60 in college football, you know, FBS and FCS combined. And the, I think they allowed around 290 to Wyoming, which would have been last in the FBS last year. So uh, it was a shocker. And I think that that's kind of where, you know, the fall was kind of mis- blamed along with Kelly Bryant, which I think was completely not uh, a right thing to say because of how well he did in parts. Uh, so if I'm looking for one thing to vastly improve week to week, I'm looking at that rush defense. Uh, West Virginia head coach Neil Brown mentioned twice now already this week that he's expecting a vastly different Missouri team when West Virginia gets to Columbia on Saturday. Yeah, Has Odom mentioned anything that they're going to change either schematically or with their lineups before the game this week? Well, if I knew that, I'd uh, <laughs> I'd be on their coaching staff. They won't even tell us. Now, um, yeah. I, I, we got a tiny bit of a window into it on campus uh, at, at practice, not on campus practice uh, today. Um, it looked like they were a little more physical than they usually were. You know, no starters were changed in the two deep. The only thing that changed overall was uh, they had an injury to their backup linebacker, the weak backup weak side linebacker, Aubrey Miller Jr. is out for an indefinite amount of time. So a guy who was injured for Wyoming steps into that spot, but so no uh, starters will change for this game. And uh, so I think maybe simplifying things, maybe getting a little bit more of the run game involved, because I think Missouri starting around back later round tree did, did not have a very good game against Wyoming. That's why by the end of the game, they went with Tyler Beatty, the backup for a lot of it. But uh, beyond that, I really, I really think Missouri got getting out of its own way is going to be, the key for the uh, one of the keys for this game, you know, can they just, you know, there's a lot of more things went wrong beyond the three turnovers and the rush defense. Can they just be themselves? They were very out of character for what I had seen, what they expected for on Saturday. So I think that that's where, that's where Barry's focus should be. And that's where really West Virginia's focus should be too, is preventing what they saw from Missouri team stylistically kind of at the end of last season when they went, you know, I think one four or five to end 2018. You mentioned Kelly Bryant, a career day in some aspects, a couple down uh, down plays with a couple turnovers. But for the most part, more good than bad. Is that what everyone should come to expect from Bryant? Is that what you've kind of seen from maybe practice or heard from the coaching staff about his plays so far? If anything, I thought Kelly Bryant was you know going to be tested in the way he was tested and then maybe fail. He looked great as a passer. But, you know, based on some of the scrimmages and practices that I saw, I would have made Kelly Br- dared him to throw. And he looked great 
You know, Kelly Bryant is incredibly proven with his feet and running the option and some shorter passes than the tight end passes and the slants and all that. But kind of going downfield, he was a little bit unproven at Clemson. He's, I mean, we're not expecting John Elway out here, but we're, you know, he, he, he did very well. You know, he won, he made one major mistake, which is the interception he threw at the beginning of the second half, where if you're not, name's not Patrick Mahomes or John Elway or a quarterback with that type of arm strength, you're not making the throw he attempted to make uh, at the beginning of the second half, which just went right into a defensive back's arms. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, he, he's done, he's done very well. And I think that, you know, Missouri's wide receivers uh, are a little bit unproven, you know, because of just how many of them there are and how much rotation they have. But they provide a huge security blanket for him because he has so many weapons. So, yeah, I, I would say Kelly Bryant is expected to do well, but isn't expected to light the world on fire. I think you had a really dynamite performance from him against Wyoming. Maybe a little bit of a step back against a little bit better of a defense in West Virginia, but then again, he probably, you know, is going to have the people around him limiting mistakes too. So it could happen again. It's not like it's this is a one-time thing from Kelly. I think it could happen again. Uh, the first time these two teams met, or not the first time, but the last time these two teams met was 2016. I believe it was Barry Odom's uh, debut from at least as head coach. Yep. What has changed with him, with his philosophy, with with this program since then, since the last time West Virginia seen Missouri? Well, a lot would change from year one to year four. For, uh, mainly just they know his systems, you know, regardless of him being a student and an assistant coach under Gary Pinkle for a long time here, he does things a little bit differently. He wants to do things his way. He has his guys, not only on the team, but, but in his coaching staff as well. I think the recognition of what Barry wants to accomplish here is at an all-time high right now, regardless of whether it looked that good on Saturday or not. I think that, you know, Barry is a defensive first coach, but has a very talented offensive team and just really makes the effort to try and, you know, make it a balanced team, not only offense, defense, but run pass as well. So I think that in years past when there's been guys like a Drew, uh, I guess Drew Locke might be not a good, not a good example because, you know, but, but other guys, you know, kind of in previous years who have kind of been around for a little while, saw Coach Pinkle, you know, and had a different offensive and defensive coordinator because you keep in mind that, you know, this is only still uh, the second season for Derek Dooley as Missouri's offensive coordinator, former Tennessee head coach, went to the Cowboys for a little while, and now he's uh, at Missouri. So there's just, there's just a lot of different learning going on. And I think that for the first time at Missouri, really, um, Barry Odom kind of has everything in place the way he wants it. You know, it started to click at the end of last year, you know, and Barry Odom's always kind of been a second half season head coach. You know, they went, they were one and four and got their butt kicked by Auburn in 2017, then won five of their last six to become bowl eligible. They were four and four last year, then won the last, or three and four maybe last year, or four and three last year, and then won their last four, something like, something like that to become bowl, uh, get to a good bowl for them as well. So, He's always been strong in the second half of the year. Um, it's just, you know, the first half of the year has provided some hiccups for him in some parts. You know, he hasn't been 4-0 in non-conference play, I don't think. Uh, actually, no, he was 4-0 in non-conference play last year, but he hasn't won the first four games of his season yet at Missouri, and obviously it can't happen this year. 
So I think that maybe that might be a goal, goal going forward. But overall, I think the team has a really good understanding of what he wants to do. Speaking of, of this year, kind of as a whole, obviously it's a little um, a, a unique unique situation with Missouri not being bowl eligible uh, this season uh, due to the NCAA. But and when I was looking at this before the season and thinking about West Virginia's year and their opponents, I looked at Missouri and I couldn't decide. Would they be one of those teams? Because I had heard that they were, were talking like this, that this was kind of their goal was to be that team that's because they, they have the talent to be so good and have such a good record that they make everything uncomfortable for everyone. Say go winning 10 games or, or whatnot with a team that can't really go play in the SEC championship or can't play in, in the playoffs or the New Year's Six. Or I could see them kind of, folding under the pressure after losing a couple tough ones early and, and then knowing that they're not going to a bowl game anyway. Mm-hmm. What kind of vibe are you getting from them or, or got from them? And, and does this Wyoming loss have any impact on that? I, I said uh, in a couple of preseason interviews, not too much has to go right for Missouri to be 11 and one, but not too much also has to go wrong for them to be seven and five. Uh it's kind of leaning more towards the seven and five right now because they still have Georgia and Florida on their schedule, tricky games against South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee on their schedule. But, you know, a a loss that, I mean, I think it was 94, according to Vegas books, 94% of the country thought Missouri was winning this game. Uh, And and now that that, that's kind of over. So I I would, I would say that kind of eight and four might be where I'm thinking right now. I had them a nine and three at the beginning of the year. But that was with a very solid win at Wyoming. Uh, and I think that, you know, I did pick West, them to beat West Virginia by 28 a little over a week ago. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that anymore. But, uh, you know, still, I think that, I think the 14-point spread for this game coming up is a very, very solid one, exactly where it should be. Because um, Missouri on paper still is a better team than West Virginia has, you know, a lot higher expectations for this year. Uh, but neither team looked really good in week one. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the panic button for the fan base itself is a lot higher than it is for me and as an unbiased party, uh, probably two out of 10 for me, but I think the fan base as a whole might be closer to five. Um, I think the West Virginia game will either set the field on fire in terms of an inferno for how the panic button is, or we'll be throwing water on all those flames, no matter what. One or I, think, I think you and I are kind of in the same boat. I, I had, I, don't have it right in front of me, but I believe I had Missouri winning this game by double digits, 10 to 14, somewhere in that range. Uh, like I said, you got the talent. So we both think that's a possibility. Um, that's our, I, I'm assuming that's our still our, both of our picks at the moment. It is still for me, regardless of the week one um, uh, results. But what has to happen for, for Missouri to get there? What, say, position matchup or stat or, or – you know, aspect of the game, does Missouri have to win to win the game? The line of scrimmage. Uh, they got pushed around by Wyoming uh, when they were a lot bigger than Wyoming. They That disrupted their defense. That disrupted their run game. That disrupted a lot. So if Missouri does not win the line of scrimmage again against a bigger West Virginia team than, than, than there was with Wyoming, uh, you know, I, I really don't think they can't, they, they're going to be picked apart. You know, I, I really think that it's going to come down to, you know, nose for nose, you know, what kind of happens, you know, with, with them. I, I'm not too sure about 
how they can really insert themselves into the game if they can't make that happen. So line of scrimmage for sure. Uh, if I'm looking at a couple other things, I think they're uh, consistency from, you know, their wide receivers. You know, at the end of the day, from what I saw from Austin Kendall, he likes to throw the ball. I don't know how much of a runner he is, but I think he's more of a confident passer, especially coming from a school like Oklahoma. Um, I would think that, you know, that should play into Missouri's hand, but clearly if Wyoming doesn't play into their hand and what they do, anything's on the table right now. Well. Wow. Let's end things with a pick, although it sounds like both of us are likely picking Missouri here, so we'll make it a little more difficult. You mentioned sure. the, the Vegas line at 14. Yes. Is West Virginia covering, or is, or no. is Missouri covering, or is West Virginia getting it within uh, 14 or better? Uh, officially, I submitted my pick today for our Saturday paper, and I did take Missouri with the 14, so I'll stay with that. Uh, my original prediction, I guess, was actually about a week ago at this point, was 42-14. But that was with a solid win at Wyoming. And then I actually thought James Madison was going to beat West Virginia. So that's going to be a little bit closer together. I'll go 35-17 Missouri. All right. Well, Eric, I appreciate you coming on today and helping us uh, preview Missouri. Can you tell the the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and read your stuff? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at by Eric Blum, B-Y-E-R-I-C-B-L-U-M. Uh, putting out a ton of content, you know, uh, we talked to Barry today. I had a notebook coming out from that. Uh, we got plenty of stuff coming up throughout the week and, uh, yeah, hopefully for anybody traveling from Morgantown or wherever in West Virginia to, uh, to Columbia, uh, you know, feel free to DM me. Get, uh, I can get your restaurant recommendations and uh, feel free to pick up a paper and read my reading too. I appreciate it. Oh man. You, you, you know, food that's, you're going to win over a lot of fans with that, Eric. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I've i been to Morgantown before. I know how that town works, and I know how uh, hospitable. Actually, you know, I live in the state of Texas, and I know a lot of fans from Austin when Texas played there a couple of years ago said how Morgantown was one of their favorite cities to travel to. And so uh, I think that that should be uh, reciprocated when uh, fans of West Virginia come to other cities. Well, I really appreciate your help with me. You've been more than hospitable with your time. So I thank you so much. And, guys, be sure to check out Eric's work. Um, I am Chris Anderson, and this is the Country Roads Confidential Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you after the game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.